0: You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IVT Podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Avram Kivilevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Shalom, this is Surabhan that We are continuing our discussions about tzedakah, and tonight's discussion, I call the limits of philanthropy the 20% solution. And uh, you'll see why I say 20% as we take a look at some of our sources, not only from the Tzor <laughs> volume, but also um, as we take a look at the sources in Shulchan Aruch, in the Rambam, and how the Chopetz Chaim in two different works uh, dealt with this with these questions. We start with the Gamoring Suvis. Omar Now Usha was one of the places that the Sanhedrin was Gola. Sanhedrin was not able to stay in Jerusalem uh, because of various uh attacks the difficulties of being able to stay in Yerushalayim when it was becoming a, a Roman city. But the Sanhedrin still began, still functioned. It was still hearing cases. It was still trying to decide what the terror meant. It was still being mesake. And these were takonos that were meant to help the community. Last week, we talked about a tikkun olam, the takono of not redeeming hostages for more than their worth. Here we have another Takana that's mentioned as one of the Takanas of Usha. There are nine of them all together. And here's one of them. Usha Kino. Yoser. Now, we're going to see what Yavazvez means. The word vaz, um is Al means don't be dismissive. In other words, levazves has something to do with not giving significance to something which does have significance. Almost like mm-hmm. the Mishnah says in Pirkei Obis, it's like basically you're putting down everything. It's like nothing is significant. Um, Le is that you are taking the thing which the world considers the most significant, which of course is the money that you make, the indicator of of, of, of what you're worth based on the efforts that you put in, and if you want to be mavazves by saying it's not worth so much to me, others are worth more to me. You want to do that? Al yavazves yosr mikhomish. Don't go more than twenty percent, than a fifth. Hmm. Now, kanya namiachy. The price says al yavazves yosr mikhomish. Shema yitzarech librios. So here we have a very important principle. Now, if chomesh means 20% of your liquid assets, or maybe 20% of everything you own. Maybe if you take even the items that you generally wouldn't even think of selling, I don't know. To me, I would say it probably means monies that you have. And we're going to talk about this when we, we go further into the into the into the Mishabura and the way he explains it but let's say it means a person has holdings he should not rid himself he should not rid himself and say I'm, I'm going to give 20% away why? because there's going to be a change you're not going to notice it maybe on the first day but eventually you will even if you're very wealthy it seems like again, this is a, a discussion the Post can have that perhaps this doesn't apply to the extremely wealthy. But you could even imagine a person who's somewhat well-off and he seems to be comfortable. Oh, I have that extra money. Yeah, let me give 25%. No. Tw- anything more than 20 will cause a shift in this person's processing, the way the person is is spending, the way the person is giving. And there's going to be an effect, similar to when we described last week, when we're talking about what could happen if the community makes a great expenditure in order to free a hostage. Every single person, as a a head of family or as an individual, if more than 20% of his liquid assets are now spent in one shot, then he could easily lose everything. And he will now have to come on to people. Now, part of it might be his inability to to readjust himself. And therefore, he's still going to feel he needs. Maybe it's going to be a need. Well, I, I used to have this, and now I need it. Or maybe it means now that the balance has shifted, he's now on a slide where he might actually become as poor as the people he's trying to help. The Gemara says, and this sounds like a part of the brice itself, be-echod there was someone who wanted to do it and his friend wouldn't allow it, despite the good intentions. Um-andu, who are these two people? Rabbi Shavev. It was Rabbi Shavev who that stopped the friend. The some say that what? It was Rabbi Shaviv who wanted to give. And who was the one who wouldn't let him? Kiva. So there was a question whether it was Rabbi Kiva who wanted to give or Rabbi Shaveh wanted to give. But either way, these friends of each other stopped them. Even though they were trying to do something positive. Where do we see the posik that this is the limit, that you shouldn't go past 20%? What did Yaakov say? Whatever I will get, and this sounds like it's liquid assets, I will give a tenth. Yes, a tenth, a double term tenth. Well, if you give a tenth twice, right, then it's not a tenth. In other words, the first tenth, so you used to have 100, now you have 90. Now you're going to give a tenth of 90, you're going to have nine. So basically, he's going to be giving 19, not 20. So that's not 20%. What it means is, it doesn't mean I'll give a tenth of the first tenth after I've taken a tenth away. The first second tenth will double the first tenth. And basically what it means is Yaakov is ready to give 20%. Now, it's interesting that it, we now are implying it means 20% and no more. So we seem to see a limit for, for Stokka, for people's own good. The great Tanoyim wanted to engage in more Tzedakah, but they were held back. That's the Gemara, $1,000. Okay, okay, so now uh, someone comes to me with a Tzedakah idea, and therefore, pro- what am I going to give? I'm going to give um, $20,000. That would be 20%, right? Okay, okay. So now I have 80000 Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, so now I have 80000 Well, I've given 20%. Mm-hmm. So now I've got to be careful, right? In other words, until I make up that 20%, I probably shouldn't give anything. I think that's your question, right? Yeah, and uh, let's- In other words, words. words, now that I've given 20%, I mean, I was living off of these liquid assets of of of, of 100,000, and that was what I was using, right? Now I've now taken 20,000 out of it. I've got to survive on the 80. Till I fill it back up, then I probably don't have to give any stock. Because anything I give more, I'm now giving right now, if you're you're correct, if I make more money, so I, I can probably give within that range. In other words, now I had 80000 but now I made $200 each day. So now I have more money in my liquid assets to make, and I can put that away. Some of it I use for food, so whatever it is, but I can make money every day, $200, and I can put that away so you're right if i can if i if i if i if I was living off a of hundred thousand dollars and now, make, made, now i've made i now i've made two hundred dollars the next day I can Robert, gi- I can, yes I can give twenty percent of that you go ahead.
1: to me it's easy i think to keep it dynamic in other words, every time you earn that's how much you uh, or you know whatever is by
0: whatever means uh, that so you give the percentage not just what you have because otherwise it gets very confusing. Well, here's the thing. Um, if this is based on my paycheck, I'm going to I'm going to take give 20% away of my paycheck. That's the way you're saying it. That he's making money. So, so wh- why are we saying that he's going to become poor? Why do we think he's going to become poor if he gives more than 20% away? In other words, the way I'm understanding it, it's because he's he is banking on this money, this money that he has. He, he makes more money coming in, but he's got this amount that he that that is like his his core amount. And now that he's touching that core amount, things are going to happen. But if 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 he's making money in some way, um, and, he, and he says, "Look, oh, I work as a machgiel, I work as a plumber, um, I work as a computer programmer, right?" And, and every two weeks I get paid. And now he takes 20% of his paycheck and gives it away to Tzedakah. Mm-hmm. So why do we assume that he's now going to be, uh, he's going to be in Starach right? He got this job, this, maybe he got a 20% raise. Last year he was living and he was getting 20% less. Why would we assume now that he's, he has this new job, which pays 20% more, that he can't give more than 20%? Last year he wasn't making this much and he still was able to get stuck and he wasn't becoming in the poorhouse. So mm-hmm. that that's the reason why I'm a little bit wary about what what you're saying. In other words, you, you, why is it once again why is it that more than twenty percent of your paycheck will put you in the poorhouse? Um, right. It's. It, we don't even know how much that paycheck is. We don't know what he's living on. That's right. So my, my assumption is, is that his that if it's if it's if it's going to change him, right? It must be that that he's operating in a certain way. And this now shifts the needle. This now means that he's that he's now earning less and he's has to live off less. There are people who live hand to mouth. There are people who live from paycheck to paycheck. They have zero in the bank. The Mishabura says, for them, this halacha doesn't apply. Okay. Because they have nothing anyway. Okay, and tomorrow they're going to go to work. And and they'll earn some money, and that'll put food on the table. But they basically rely on monies that they have. They have have no saved money. Everything that they live on is the fact that they get worked, and they know they're getting paid for that work. So every day they go out and work. Right. So they don't have anything. So, but to me, that it's it should be uh twenty percent of that, whatever it is that they earn. That was my understanding. Maybe I'm um, mistaken. Right, but you see, they are not really giving away. Stuff. Again, you know, those guys, it's they they have really nothing at the end of every day. Yeah, so, so the at the end of every day they have nothing. Ah, uh, so, so the key so, is liquid assets, not what they um from the Chofetz which. Is here on the page, and you can see it on page three fifty seven. Somebody who has so much wealth that cannot be applied in, because he's he's beyond just a, a well off person. He's called in Lamoso, as we're going to find also. The Gemara talks about Marukva, who wanted to give away money before he died he realized that, that the, he got the prognosis that he was going to die soon, and he felt he hadn't given enough tzedakah, so he started giving away, from, not from what he was earning, from what he had. And, and the Gemara says in Ksugus that Mar-Ukva was able to do that because you don't have it L'Abriyos, <laughs> because he's anyway going to the Omanis. Veda, the Mashetinu Kazal. This is again from the Chapetz Chaim Sefer, Avas Chesed. So, Avas Chesed is the Sefer that Chapetz Chaim wrote. It's a beautiful Sefer. It was already after he'd written Shmir Shalosha uh, and Chapetz Chaim, and people knew who he was. And it was a Sefer built on all various mitzvahs of lending money, supporting. It's a Sefer which I think. It's incumbent on us to learn. You know, again, I, I, I'm i very happy that there are starim in Shmira Salafshayim and, and in the Sefer of Kofetz Chaim. is a terrible Avera and we need to stamp it out. But I think our times also call for understanding what Kami Vashchesset is and that this is a Sefer that really tries to take it apart and analyze it and give us directives of how to fulfill it. And here he says, "Da, the mashi iskinu chazal shavu lafazer yoster micholmesh niro dainu dafke kish mavazveis beso al yidei hapizort." When he gives away the wealth of his household, right? In other words, not what you were saying, Doctor Kogan. Not, not, not his paycheck. This is what he already has. That's the word mavazveis. Avo bedover miut kagon shiyeshulo eizim alocha. But if he has some sort of job, so every week he's able to earn based on, but he doesn't really have any liquid assets. So that person, he he, he makes enough to pay for his food, maybe to pay for his kids to go to school, and he makes that every week. So when there's a little bit extra, that little extra Whatever it is, he can give that tzedakah even though it's more than a fifth because he doesn't have as you can see, he doesn't have ni'ch Besa. Okay. Um, he also mentions here a statement that Chavitzvahim makes that clearly the Rabbanan and Usha were worried that people who had worked and were able to uh, afford living and had these liquid assets that were part of their household should not devolve into poverty. But let's say, and therefore giving these could would be bad. Tzacham wants to say, kama bakama reik if if you're not supposed to give money for tzedakas, because who knows what could be, for sure you shouldn't spend that extra money for some sort of silly thing. You know you want to you want to live you want you want to dress in in like the top of the line clothes. And you want to buy a house and it's it's it's, it's very beautiful and you're going to hire a maid and you're going to use that extra money for things you don't really need. And, and what sort of dishes and what sort of china set and what sort of samovar it's all going to be the top of the line. <laughs> that for sure will cause you to become poor. If you become, um, if you become uh, enchanted, entranced by all these things that you could buy and all the things that are on sale and all the Black Fridays and all the the deals on Cyber Mondays.
1: Uh, Rabbi Kivalevich?
0: Right? He says, So one could really, let me just make the point that he's trying to make here, we could take Takonas Usha and allow it to be a, a lesson against overspending about things that are unnecessary to to keep a home a home yes it, it shouldn't you don't have to use you know grimy second hand plates from the, from the thrift shop but you don't necessarily have to go over and beyond what's considered normal yes what did you want to say doctor
1: I wanted to say
0: but I do I do remember learning that if we're dealing with a person that used to be rich and somebody wants to support him they have to make uh, make sure that they okay. maintain whatever lifestyle mm-hmm. before you know what I'm saying that issue. So that's a Gemara exuberant that says that if a person, because of his mental state, because of what he's used to, right, the Gemara talks about Hillel Hazokain, that he ran in front of the person who used to have such a slave who did it, and Hillel did that. Um, and, but that's someone who you know who says this is what I was used to, and I I I, I haven't yet mentally changed from that. But but here, but but but, but here we're talking about somebody who really decides he isn't over-wealthy. He's he's become somewhat comfortable. And therefore, he starts on a spending spree. So it's different than your question. Your question is talking about somebody who was very, very wealthy. And uh, he was able to be so wealthy that he had slaves and other things that would run in front of him whenever he would come into town to announce, hey, uh, you know, King George is on his way. So such a person who now becomes poor is so used to having someone announce his entry into town that for a while at least, although not forever, we sort of uh, pamper him during that period. And that's considered a tzedakah that he needs. That's your question. That's your point. Here we're talking about somebody who's from the nouveau riche, or he's approaching a certain level of comfortability. And the Chabad Chaim is saying in the Sefer Avos that obviously to spend on these other things will obviously be much worse, and clearly are, are should be countermanded. If the Usha made the Takana not to spend on these things, for sure not to spend on those. And then the Chabad Chaim says, "Once they're living." This way, it's almost like they've taken themselves out of the takana. Obviously, people vote with their feet. Takana, the takana's strength, like all takanas, the rabbanon only apply really if if, if you're in the parsha. If you have the chavetz chaim says, I'm not even sure if somebody is already overspending. So I'm not sure if the takana applies. He shouldn't give to stock, right? He's not sure about that. Okay. Now, it would seem from these gemars that we've learned that you don't have to give a fifth. You, you can't give more than a fifth. But if you look in the Shulchan Aruch, look at this. The Shulchan Aruch in the says that what should be the shear of tzedakah? So, if you have enough from liquid assets and other things, you need to give everything the poor person is asking for. Yitam kefitsay rachaniyam. If you don't have enough, give as much as you can comfortably. But how much is that? So here in Shulchan Aruch, it's not saying that you're a Mavazvez, you're a Chosid. It's a Mitzvah to do Tzedak in the best way. We know there's many things that we want to do with the mitzvah in the best way. The, taking truma, midaraisa one chita is poter truma. One chita is able to make the whole uh, harvest that you have brought in not tevil anymore for truma. Maaser needs a tenth. The other things need a tenth. One fortieth of what you have is considered mitzvah and for truma. One fiftieth is normal; that's two percent. One sixtieth, we consider you a cheap state. We say you're, you're miserly. You're makayim the mitzvah in the rabbanon, but you're on the low scale. The tour uses a similar language here. He says mitzvah and amuvchar would be twenty percent if you give ten percent of what you make or what you have to tzedakah, that's meat abedinus. And less than that is iron raw. So here we see a, something a little bit different, that the mitzvah of tzedakah is, is not that you shouldn't go over 20, but rather it sounds like you should give 20, which is really different than the, the language in the and Suvas. The, the Beis Yosef really asks this question. Even though the, 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 the Beis Yosef says, it's not mashma that you have to give 50. He just says you shouldn't give you shouldn't give more. But that's the Bavli. But here we have the, the difference in the Bavli and the Yishalmi. Yishalmi and Paya, the mission that we all say every morning after B'Rachas sheer what's one of the things that sheer is the B'Rachas HaTayra. Yishalmi nirashu mitzvah v'gam mitamud lidon the mitzvah v'na mudkhar v'vaz Gomesh. Why? Because when we bring a posseh, we bring a posseh from what Yaakov did. The Maisi et ha'konosushim b'nexiv e'chol asher titan y'asher asren l'chol. Asren l'och. Ko asher titan l'och. Which is a chomesh, which sounds like it is a mitzvah. And that is why the tour and the v'esiyosev and the sholchanorach ask in that way which would mean, <clears throat> from the Yershalmi, we see that everyone should try to give if they are mitzvah and amufvah, if it's possible. Now, so 10% is, is the bainini, and that's where we get with your maister money, which is mita beninis, that's where that comes from. And shetzorah <laughs> mitzvah There's an idea of paying more to be a person who's mahadar mitzvahs. Now, this is a gemara that was actually in Bavakama and and It has really not much to do with Bavakama because it has the same, its names of the Amarayim, and Ravun and Ravzeira, various halachas that were said there in terms of torts and damages. So this statement also pairs Ravun and Ravzeira about how much one should give and spend more for hidar Mitzvah. And there's a discussion about what exactly the case is. But basically, it has to do with paying more, even though you have a a minimal size esrig, or any type of mitzvah, possibly, that you could fulfill it on a certain level. You should pay a third more, even though you were sort of leaning towards this, in order to be able to be mekayim, the idea, I spent more, I want to beautify the mitzvah. Okay. The Ramah, writing on this halacha says, Misha ain le'esra'i. Let's say you don't have an esra'i at all. And you don't even have the oshar mitzvah iveris. Even though it's something, if you don't buy it now, you won't be able to fill this until next year. Ain sorach levazves alech ha'on rav. You don't have to spend a lot of money on it. So now we are seeing that the tikkun avu'ish, which has to do with giving tzedakah to a cause, has now been connected to mitzvahs that are a chov on you. That the same way giving to others, and this now is a hope on yourself. Now, I mentioned last week the beautiful tshuva of the marshag, where he says, tzedakah is only if you have the wherewithal to do it. If you are able to survive and you have enough extra money, then you or we talk about you giving tzedakah and being podeshvuyin. But mitzvot have a demand on you no matter what. And now we're seeing that even when it comes to mitzvahs, although you might have to spend something, you don't have to spend a large amount. And now we're seeing you don't have to spend more for a mitzvah, even though you won't be able to fulfill it, if it's going to knock out 20% of your liquid assets. But mitzvahs i say, mitzvah If you're talking about fulfilling a mitzvah, not fulfilling mitzvah there you have to spend big not to be over a loh There's a question of losing money to be over a mitzvah salosa There, and the Mishabur brings something very relevant to his time, yiteng kol mimono kodem sheyaver the Ramoses based on the Rashba and the Ra'ifah. You should give all your money away before you do any Avera. Meshavar says, even if, because you don't want to do the Avera, you're so poor that you have to beg. We can't allow you to do an Avera from the teira, even though you have now been reduced to abject poverty, and the only way you're going to make it is to join the bread line. Even if it's just a regular low so we're not wearing shotness, eating chazir. A kosh the But sure but it has to do with things that thai carries for, as so Mishabura says, for example, to go mishmeres Let's say you can't find a position that you're able to make enough money to provide for your home and your children. This, of course, was, as we all know, is what confronted so much of American Jewry as they came uh, originally that they had to get jobs. And many people whispered in their ears, well, what are you going to do? You're going to starve? You're going to die? You won't be able to survive. Still, he says, his own nose, someone on Shebe, so even though he doesn't work on Shabbos, wherever it is in America, he's not talking about America, but it sounds like he, he understood even in Europe this was something, especially in America. Don't destroy your soul. And again, how many people were able to heed those words? So that is what it says in Shulchan Ar, But the, you know, the, the thing I want to bring out is the connection between tzedakah and these and, and all mitzvahs, the raivad um comments on the Gemara babakama which is the basis of this simon and Shulchan Aruch. How could you put a price tag on mitzvahs, even if you're talking about you know, hither mitzvah? It's cheapens the mitzvah when you talk about money. You're saying, I mean, the rabbit is coming, you know, again, he was a mystic, but he's coming here and saying, it's a weird thing to say, mitzvahs, only if they if they work this. How, how, mitzvahs, how can you even look at them and say, well, this is how much you should pay for mitzvah. Mitzvah! It's what God wants. It's the will of God being fulfilled in the world. It's much greater than the money. Money's okay. You need money to pay for it. But how could you use the money to decide, well, I'm not going to buy it because I'm In In the Raibit says, when he, when he, when he, when, based on this gemara, now, the Gemara, let me read you the Gemara first, but to understand why the Raivad says what he says. Yeah. Actually, I'm gonna read you the Rivad and we're gonna take a look at the Gemara. The Raivad um, comments on the Gomara Babakama, which is the basis of this Simon and Shulhanarach, Kashvi, <laughs> domim how could you put a price tag on mitzvahs? Even if you're talking about, you know, hither mitzvah, it's cheapens the mitzvah when you talk about money. You're saying, I mean, the rabbit is coming, you know, again, he was a mystic, but he's coming here and saying it's a weird thing to say, mitzvahs only if they if they work this. How, how mitzvahs? How can you even look at them and say, "Well, this is how much you should pay for a mitzvah." Mitzvah—it's what God wants. It's the will of God being fulfilled in the world. It's much greater than the money. Money's okay. You need money to pay for it, but how could you use the money to decide? Well, I'm not going to buy it because I don't have that money.
1: Doesn't the Torah itself say, though, that the sukkah is a is an inexpensive mitzvah? So the Torah itself says,
0: "Where's the Torah?" Uh, say
1: ter- it says say it's. That? to look it up i don't know where
0: yeah in in, in, in the Hamisha there it says make a sukkah so that's the bit that's the mitzvah he says look at the language of the domim. in other words you you're 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 like you're, you're you're mixing spiritual and physical one mitzvah should be worth everything you have to do the will of god the way you have to explain this is, in other words, really this takana was there to put some practicality that we don't want to turn you into a person who becomes needy. Mitzvahs are incredible, but we actually are going to stop you from doing certain mitzvahs or spending because we don't want to turn you into a person that will now have their life changed. Then he says, this is the din of the same way by regular tzedakah, it applies to mitzvahs as well. Now, and as I said, there's a number of statements from Rav and Ravuna here, and this is one of them. That's the way that we heard it. So the Gemara says, you have to give a third of your household, again, a third of your liquid assets of what you can do. If you're going to give a third of your liquid assets for every mitzvah, then you're completely poor once you have three mitzvahs. That can't be. That's why the Gemara says it's about hither mitzvah, but not a third of everything that you own. So, based on this Gemara, that is really the source of, of our halacha in Shulchan Aruch, the way it was articulated by the Rosh. As you can see, the Rosh says, from the fact that it says you have three mitzvahs, you're going to give away everything. You don't have to give a lot of money for one mitzvah, even if it's a mitzvah. Baris. The rush brings another proof to this, is the Gemara in Sukkah That it sort of refers to Rab Gamliel as going beyond what he needed to do. Because he paid a thousand zoos for an estring. And if it's true that if you, you, you have to give everything for a mitzvah, then why did we make such a big deal about what Rav Gamliel did? And then he quotes the Gemara in Suvis, about Al Yavas It sounds like the Rosh. You know, if you saw the Rivad, the Rivad only quotes the Gemara in The Rosh brings a, a, an example from how the Gemara deals with someone who spent an inordinate amount on an ester. The Gemara says, "Why do we need to know we spent a thousand sus The wants so want to say, how the Chiba of Mitzvos." says, Ooh. Why do we need to know we spent a thousand to show you that those men look how much mitzvahs meant to them? Wait, don't we all have to spend everything for mitzvahs, not just for gamil? So therefore, it must be the Rush and the ravid conclude that mitzvahs are similar to stuka. So we don't have to give that much for mitzvahs if it's going to impoverish us. All right. So the so, kabbetzheim has a couple of statements here which I want to read to you. He first says, I don't know how you could learn directly from Ksubis to Esra, from Tzedakah to Mitzvah. I agree, you shouldn't have to spend a tremendous amount that you see from Rav oh, he, it was Chavivan on him to, to, to buy this estric. But most people can't do that. And I can imagine also, a third is a lot. And the rush is right. But how do you know it's exactly the same amount as 20%? It sounds from, from the rush and the raivad that it's 20% is the amount. But maybe it should be I understand it's not thirty-three percent, but how do you know it's how do you know it's twenty? Maybe you can give twenty-two percent, twenty-four percent. It's not exactly the same, because as the Riven said, this is a mitzvah you won't be able to do anymore. Now, even if you want to say, what about Sadoch? Well, first of all, how do you know Sadoch is a mitzvah? Oh, it's not like Lulav. It's not like if you don't do it now, you won't be able to fulfill the mitzvah. Why? Because you can donate it at a different time. And even if you want to say that no, there's a, the, the poor people are coming to you. They need it now. They've been driven out of their homes by Hamas. They they have nothing. You have to you have to give them something now. Hello, there's others who can do it. Whereas Esra can only be done by you. You are an adult who has the chiv of this mitzvah. Only you can fulfill it. So in a way, tzedakah, even if you see you heed the call, and even though they knocked on your door, it's still possible that others can help them. Whereas a mitzvah, Sort of like the rivets point, the mitzvah is 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 part of your essence. That now, as a Jew and a human being, and now it becomes something that you are responsible. That is now bubbles up and becomes part of you that you must fulfill. It's a mitzvah tzchal al agufa adam. It's it's part of your body, your soul. It's part of your essence. It's not just something you do that now you're able to fulfill and. And, and do something great by giving tzedakah. you, you are bound in this mitzvah. The Mishra says, and I'll prove it to you. Why did the Gemara, when the Gemara talked about the Havimina that we just read in Babakama, how could you say yes to give a third? If he gives a third, he gives another third, another third, and he'll be left with nothing. Why did the Gemara just say, oh, this goes against Rebzeir and Ravuna are Amaroyim? They're not going to go against the Brisa from Takonozusha. You have to say that a mitzvah Varus is more calm, even though he wants to say the Rivad and the rush quote this idea, it's only a smach. They just wanted to say it's the same principle, but we're not sure how much it is. That the same way, when it comes to tzedakah, you have to be worried about how much you're giving. So here also, you have to be worried about the amount that you give, but not necess- its not necessarily exactly the same. That's one thing that again, and this is obviously a very novel interpretation and reading of the Shulchan Aruch. It fits in the words, but I can tell you, this was this is this was a, an approach that very few had before it. Um, then he asks another question. And this is what you call a bomb question. He says, the Gemara in Kiddushin says, Chavtes, that if a person only has enough money to do Pidyan ben for himself or for his son, what should he do? So the, the, the Gemara says, he has to do pidginabend for himself. And his son, hopefully he'll get the money or his son will grow up and be poor himself. Now, that means all the guy has is five salarians. That's all he has. That's all he has in the world. So how can it be that he's giving away everything? He now is a complete pauper. He has nothing. And here we're saying that he definitely wanted to give a third, maybe even maybe twenty four percent, right? But now, um, and now, Reb Gamliel doesn't sound so great. What did Reb Gamliel do? Oh, you see how great Reb Gamliel was. He was willing to give a thousand zoos for Nestrog. We know Ragamil Gamliel was wealthy. The thousand zoos didn't make him a pauper, didn't make him a person with nothing. The Gemara in Kedushchen says a person has to give for a pinyin, I bet it has to give everything. So what is the great Mile of our to be a model? Every single one of us, if we have nothing, has to give it all away to be put ourselves. In order to explain these Gemaras, shaloyah sostras that they shouldn't contradict each other, in other words, Reb Gamliel on the boat, and he was with the others who came there. What does it mean? Oh, look how much he spent. It wasn't that the Astrobes were so rare that they the price was a thousand. Right? It's not that these this is basically what the cost of an estrog is, or this was so beautiful that he paid a thousand for it because it was so amazing. And I don't know how you would determine it. Because the truth was, he was on a boat where there were no Estrogen. And there was a person who had one. And maybe that person had it in order to fulfill a mitzvah with. Who knows? It was another Jew. So Gamliel was willing to pay him a thousand in this. In this uh, place, that was a an area that was a, a a sort of a false reality of where he was, and he was paying him not for the real for the esrog, he was paying him to convince him to sell him the esrog. That's already something different, because there, in other words, if this is what mitzvahs always cost. Five million, so you become a complete ani to do a mitzvah because that's a mitzvah you have to do but here the esr is really worth less than a thousand but because he's on this boat and the other only person who has it and he'll only sell it if you can bribe him by giving him enough money for five years that he never has to do any work that you're not machuiv to do because that's for sure in an hanus so that's what the Gemara in in, 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 in sukkah might mean, praising Rav Gamliel. And you could also learn, possibly, that when the Gemara talks about, um, um, when the Gemara says, hey, you're going to give a third away, maybe you have to give everything away. That's also in a way that the mitzvah is not really worth that. There's some other, other, external uh, external aspect that has now made the mitzvah cost much more. And that's what it says you don't have to do. But if this is what the mitzvah really means, and, and even though there are a certain uh, fluctuations in price of what would cost to build your sukkah or, or how to get a, a chauffeur, but if this is a normal situation, then you have to pay everything in order to fulfill the mitzvah, like the Gemara and Kedusha. Now, you don't have to go into debt, necessarily. He says that's only for Kiba aid. But everything else, you have to turn yourself into a total pauper, and then you will work for food. Now, he says, I could say this pshat, but he says, I don't, I, I, I could say it, but it's against the it goes against all the Rishonim and the poskin, the Beis Yosef and the Ramah, because they assume that from the Gemara and Babakama and Ragamwil, it's talking about a normal situation of, of not spending too much for a mitzvah. So what could be the difference between kedushin, where you have to become a pauper, to Babakama and sukkah? So he says what we saw earlier, that when you are wealth, when you have a certain medium amount of wealth, we don't want you to slip and slide. However, but if someone has nothing except five slayim, how is he surviving every day? It's because he goes out and he works hand-to-mouth. So look what he says. Of he's not going to become so poor because he's now turned into zero. And, and, and by not spending, it's not going to really help him. He is su- He's in such a, a state of poverty that he depends every day on, on mowing the lawn, every day on doing that work. And therefore, as he says, as he writes in Abbas Chesed similarly, there the din of Mephazer doesn't apply. That you have to borrow money but we know we have Mishnayis that talk about other mitzvahs. Nir David Dawud Kosos. The Oni takes from the Tamchuy, and if he can't take from the Tamchuy, he's got to go with Shailu Why? Those are only rabbinic mitzvahs. Even if you want to say, like he's assuming, you have to turn yourself into a pauper, possibly, for mitzvah. But you don't have to, you, but that just means, you don't have to borrow and become into debt why do you have to go into debt and borrow for for dalarikosos? Now, if you, what do you want to say? It's because of pursume nisa. It's a takano beyond, even though it's only rabbinical. The rabbis make you do more because of pursume nisa than for even a mitzvah in Torah. But what about near Shabbos? Near Shabbos, the halacha is also that if you don't have money. You're so poor you have to go and borrow. That's Onik Shabbos. Well, Onik Shabbos is also a, it's a it's a mitzvah me but how is it more than tfilin? Is it is it is it a um is nisa? Where's the pretzume nisa in in, in having a, a, a near Shabbos? It's shalom bias, but again. And, and what would be the idea of Pursume Nisa either? He doesn't really explain. So he really he has he attempts to answer this and uh by learning the sham in a different way. Um Yoshaber Salvechik says that the idea of of Nisa means it's an aspect of Kiddush Hashem, and even though Tefillin and shofer he doesn't have to impoverish himself to the point of being a debtor there's something about being that is similar to giving up your life emphasizing God's presence in the world to others to everyone around you even though tefillin shofar Astro, these are in your goof, like the Mishter Burr said. They're chiyuvim that are that become bound as part of you. But you don't have to go to the point of becoming a, a debtor, that you have the same level of Kiddush Hashem and this way you have to give up your life, you have to give up all your money as well, and you have to become a, a pauper and, and, and become a debtor that you owe, that not only don't you have any liquid assets, you just owe, because somehow, as I was trying to say before, it's about Using yourself as a as a living megaphone for God's existence to others,
1: but well, you that, that you don't you don't just impoverish yourself; you also impoverish your family, and you have an obligation um, to them. You
0: right um, as we've as we've been speaking about today. Yes, that is true. That so is true.
1: So it's I mean, all, it's almost like the family
0: is doing the mitzvahs, being shem, shamayim as well. That the family is is all involved in. Especially when it comes to Nir where the family, the, the bias, has fulfilled that idea of Kiddush Hashem or slash Persume Nisa, how they, in terms of showing Bias, it's a little bit harder to sort of make Repsal. Yeah, I mean, going
1: to because that's supposed to be part of the point of it. But okay, I'll stop. Go ahead. No,
0: work. no, no, no. Again, yes. Yeah, so th- this is part of the conundrum that that we have here. You know, again, we started today with the with the with the limits on stock in order not to turn yourself into a um, a debtor, to turn yourself into a person who would go into that spiral. And this is where the Mishnah Brewer really, you know, is in the thicket here, trying to figure out how you know to put the pieces together. I have to tell you, just we'll end with this. The Chazanish says when it comes to his big question from Pidyan Aben. He says that's different, because it's there's a debt to the koyot. In other words, it's different than a mitzvah. Oh, I have to I have to put on tefillin today. I have to take a lulav. There's a money factor that, that that is connected to you. You owe the koyot this pidyon, and therefore, just like when it comes to you know, the gemara says you can't steal to save your own life. I mean, if you could pay back, or it's us, or it has a shame, is even though other Averis you're allowed to do it's because when it comes to uh, financial things, those override in other words, to sell all my liquid assets, and now I can't fulfill the mitzvah of, 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 of Esrik. Well, I, I can't go back to the people I bought the stuff from and say, Oh, this there was a shibud here, I shouldn't have been selling that. When it comes to your when it comes to Pidyan ben, there was really a Shibud on this person. And anything that he's gotten rid of really should have been used for this mitzvah. So even though now he's down to his last five slayim, he's got to spend them all and go to ground zero because of that, because of the Shibud Mama. Now that explains Pidyan Aben. It doesn't necessarily explain and uh and and Koso's. Uh, and by the way, I think when it comes to Dalakosis, you also have to explain the Persume nisa a little bit different in terms of uh, what it's doing. It isn't just a mitzvah that you have to fulfill, but somehow it's about living through the experience of drinking the Dalakosis. And by living through them and experiencing it, everyone is sort of, in a way, getting the buzz, as the nitziv explains, and becoming a little bit more attuned to the story that's being said with the Haggadah. And so, therefore, it's all part of the experience of feeling the change within you, going from slavery to freedom, going from someone who's just, you know, What's shuffling in to someone who's happy, who's excited, someone who's being affected. And in that way, you're a living embodiment of the story. And It's hard to go into a time machine and go back there, but that's sort of what happens through the drink. And therefore, it's more than just you have to do this mitzvah. God says, take a lulav. Don't ask any questions. God says, blow the shofar. Here, Chazal want you to, in a way, be same within yourself and everybody. Even if you're all by yourself, you're being same than this.
1: Therefore... I believe- well, I'm sorry. I just have to... One of the things about experiencing at Mitzrayim is that the Jewish people went out with great wealth. So if you impoverish yourself in order to go through that experience, how have you... How have you? We experienced uh, the going out with great wealth,
0: right? Well, again, obviously, after you finish your drinking, you have this great uh, bill to pay, and, and et, cetera, et cetera, right? And you're sitting on a, a you're sitting on a, a metal chair, right? Because you're a poor guy, but you still have. Remember, he doesn't have any pillows. He, the mission doesn't say you have to go borrow to bring pillows and and to bring sofa into your house. You have to borrow to get the wine, to get those four cups. So I I, I think, Bob, mentally, the drink, as the mitziv explains in the, Amachala, the drink is able to transport the person with the words in a, in, in a place where you're right. After, after Yontif is over, the debt collector is coming and saying, where's my money for what you borrowed from me for the wine? But at least during that time, there was persumanes that happened. And that, that somehow is, is a level of, as Rav Salvejik says, that's a level of Kiddush Hashem. Again, the, the Meshachach says that many of the, the people who lived in, in Spain and other places rationalized not giving up their lives on Kiddush Hashem. Right? They said, what do I gain by dying? What do I gain by giving up my life? Let me live like a Christian. Let me openly accept Jesus. And then, she is Nag. let me openly accept Jesus and then I'll, I'll live to be another day. And maybe a year from now or two years from now, I'll be able to escape and go live in Holland as a Jew. We, we took those people in and embraced them, but they missed the opportunity of Kiddush Hashem. What would have been the Kiddush Hashem? That whoever the inquisitor and the Jews that might have seen it would have seen a person be burned at the stake. They would have seen that happen. And as you say, Bob, it's like the the bill collector comes the next day. Well, where are you? In fact, there's nothing here. And yet there's something about making that point, making that and saying, God put me here to to emphasize his existence. And I am just a reflector of his existence and saying that to the world. That goes beyond your normal guy with his family, right? And he's the one that was singled out. He's the one that has to say, I accept Jesus. And instead of saying that, he says, no, I don't accept Jesus. I accept only God and the Torah of Moshe Abedin. And they said, we're taking you and we're burning you because you are, you are trying to, you are, you are, you are ruining
1: everyone. But that's it. Again, that is for one of the cardinal, that's for one of the cardinal sins. This is, we're talking here about, about Hanukkah candles and the Arba Koso. Right, right, right. right but this I, is... I mean, that's not, not a fair comparison. Right. But again, it, it, it's true,
0: but the, the, the Avera involved, he, he didn't want to do that, right? He, if he would have been forced to do it, Bob, he would have been an onus, right? He would have been an onus. He would have been doing it because he didn't want to die. He didn't willfully accept Jesus. He just wanted to live. And yet the mitzvah is to be Mekadosh Shem No one, again, like the Rambam wrote in his Ingeris, those people, even who did it, are not considered, you know, again, you know, they... They should have given up their life, but they—they they aren't. They were mavato the mitzvah of Kiddush Hashem. There was a person who was given that choice. Was over the mitzvah he was Mavato the of Kiddush Hashem, but not that he was, not that he did avodah zara, because the avodah that he did was an anus. <laughs> he did it because he was under duress. He didn't really accept God or he didn't accept Jesus. So but he is considered a to wear of certain people. types of shoes. But this is not
1: the goyim. This is because of financial reasons.
0: Right. But the mitzvah you're doing is to tell the world, tell the other Jews, to, to tell your family about God's existence. This is a, a lower, as Rav Salvatrach says, this is a lower level of Kiddush Hashem that the rabbanan uh, employed. And therefore, they say you have to even go to the point of not owning a cent and being in debt. Yeah, I'm... Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope you liked what you heard. If you did, please take a moment to share this or any of the many episodes available on our platform with friends in order to help grow our community. Until next time, Shalom.